You are listening to the People First podcast. People First is a self-advocacy group run by people with learning disabilities. And People First podcast is a platform to raise awareness about real issues that affect people with learning disabilities in our community and all around the world. We aim to inform and entertain our listeners by interviewing interesting guests and talking about the things that really matter to us. This is like having a stage to speak out and get our voices heard. Our guest on this episode of the podcast is Fraser Ormondroyd from Bradford Hate Crime Alliance. Fraser recently did a very helpful presentation at People First all about hate crime and make crime and we thought it would be useful for our listeners to learn about hate crime and hear about the great work that Bradford Hate Crime Alliance do. Hello Fraser. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us today. You're very welcome. Could you tell us a bit about the history of Bradford Hate Crime Alliance? Of course. Uh, Bradford Hate Crime Alliance came about on the back of uh, what was called the McPherson Report. This was a report that was issued after the murder of Stephen Lawrence in the early 1990s. Stephen was murdered because of the colour of of his skin. Uh, He was innocently waiting for a bus home with his friend and he was attacked because uh, he was black. And they realised that some, some changes needed to be made to the law. And, and as a result of that, hate crime legislation came into being initially. And um, that's how Bradford Hate Crime Alliance came about and uh, initially started with uh, coordinating reporting centres and reporting pathways across the Bradford district because one of the recommendations in the report was that people can go to a third party centre to report a hate crime or a hate incident that's um, done against them without having to go to the police and that they have the option to do this 24 hours a day. So as well as the reporting centres, we have the option to do the reporting online as well. So we coordinate 24 different centres and pathways across the Bradford district that covers uh, lots of different communities. Uh, As well as that, we work with our partners, so the Bradford City Council, with West Yorkshire Police, uh, with Victim Support and with Restorative Justice West Yorkshire. And we're trying to provide a very joined up way of working with our strategic partners to best support victims of hate crime. But we also want to raise awareness. We try and get out into the community as much as possible, which is why I was visiting with yourselves last week. And uh, that's always a highlight of my work is to be able to work with people like yourselves and to raise awareness of hate crime and why it's so important that we all are aware of it. And we know what to do if it happens to us or to somebody that we know. What is hate crime? So a hate crime, by definition, is something, a crime, obviously, that is committed against somebody because of who they are. So the law currently recognises five uh, different strands, they call them strands or protected characteristics, that are covered by hate crime law. So they are uh, religious belief, your race or your ethnicity, where you're from, um, transgender identity, disability and sexual orientation. So if you feel that you have been 
attacked because of one of those things and you identify as being one of those protected characteristics, then you may well have been a victim of a hate crime or a hate incident. What is a mate crime? So mate crime is a form of hate crime, but whereas most people would see hate crime as being something that uh, occurs because people are being quite violent or, or hateful towards somebody, there's, an, there's got to be an element of hostility. That's what the law says. But hostility can mean different things. And we know that with mate crime, for example, those crimes come about from people who are friends. But are they real friends or are they fake friends? And that's what the difficulty can be with mate crime. Sometimes it's difficult to tell whether a friend is real or whether they're fake. And when we say fake friends, we're talking about have they made friends with somebody just to try and take advantage of them? So, for example, somebody gets to know you and uh, they befriend you. They might offer to do you favours like go and do your shopping or take you somewhere that, to an appointment. And you start to trust them and you build up that trust. And then they might start to ask you for money, for example. And um, you might well want to lend them that money because you trust them as a friend but they won't pay that money back. And when you ask them for it, there'll be an excuse. And, and then these things can kind of escalate. So the problem with mate crime is it's very rarely a, a one-off occurrence. It can often go on for a long period of time. And the longer it is allowed to go on, the more serious some of those incidences can become. What should we do if we witness a hate crime? What we always talk about at Bradford Hate Crime Alliance is we've got a choice. All of us as members of, of the community, we've got a choice. We can be um, bystanders. We can, we can stand by and watch these things happen. Or we can be upstanders. And by being an upstander, you actively do something about it. So if you're a victim of a hate crime or a mate crime, or you suspect that you are, report it. Tell somebody about it. Tell as many people as you possibly can about what is happening to you. If you've got any kind of inkling that it's not right, that somebody might be taking advantage of you, tell people about it. Because then you're being upstanding. You are doing something about it rather than just being a bystander and, and saying nothing. The same thing, if you see somebody in trouble or you suspect perhaps one of your friends or one of your colleagues, somebody from your community, is also suffering from this, rather than doing nothing and thinking, well, it's not my place to say anything, it's really important that we do speak out. Because we don't know how long they've been suffering for, and if we don't, we don't know how long they're going to carry on suffering. So by speaking out, and by going to somebody that you can trust, that you do trust, by going to the police, by reporting hate crimes that happen to other people, you are not only protecting them from any further abuse, but you're actually helping the police to hopefully catch the people that are doing this and to bring to an end the crimes that they're committing. If you're a witness or if you suspect that somebody is a victim of a hate crime, um, if you sp suspect that they're a victim of a may crime specifically, that's a safeguarding issue and that has to be reported to the police regardless. Um, so if somebody is aware that somebody may be being subject to uh, that kind of um, behaviour from people that they might think are their friends, it's really important that that is reported as soon as possible. But also, initially, to have a conversation with that person, that's, that, that's vital to kind of, well, what do they think about this? Do they feel the same way? Maybe they don't. Maybe they really do truly trust this person, which would mean that perhaps they may be in, in danger further, further more down the line. Um, 
reporting in terms of the reporting centres to the police and to people in authority, people that you trust, people that you trust to be able to get involved and to help that other person. If you're the victim of, of, of a crime, again, it's about having the courage to, 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 to talk to somebody about that. And that can be very difficult for a lot of people because there's certain emotions that are attached to being a victim of a hate crime. Because remember, you're being targeted because of who you are. And there's nothing you can do about who you are. We're just born who we are, and that, that, there's nothing that can change that. Um, so when people are telling you by committing these crimes that essentially they feel that you're not good enough, that you're a, somehow a second-class citizen, it can make you feel all sorts of different things like anger and shame even. Um, and it, those, those kind of, inf, you know, avoidant, you might become what we call avoidant, which means you start to avoid people, um, certain places that you may have encountered, say, verbal abuse, for example. People have called you names in certain places, so you avoid going to those places. All those different types of behaviour might stop you from talking to somebody and being honest about what is actually happening to you. So it's really important, it's part of what we want to do at Bradford Hate Crime Alliance, is, is, is part of our awareness, I guess, is, is to, to empower people that it's okay, you can talk about this and there is no shame and you will be listened to and you, we will believe you. That's another reason people won't come forward. Um, people who suffer with disabilities believe that because of their disability they're not going to be believed by the people that they're reporting these crimes to. And that's just not the case. And we need to get rid of that idea because it's not true. We are here to listen to everybody that comes forward and support everybody that comes forward and to believe every word that they say. Because if you've been heard, that's, that's half the battle. And, and that, in and of itself, can make somebody feel much, much better about themselves. But it takes a lot of courage to come forward and talk about being the victim of a hate crime or a mate crime. And people feel that there's a lot of risk involved. And it's our job to be able to support people and ensure that they are safe and that they feel comfortable and confident in being able to report what's happening to them. Have you ever, in Bradford, yeah. since the alliance started, how much evidence have you ever collected about hate crime? We don't collect the evidence ourselves. It's Sometimes it's, this is a, it's a difficult one because um, a lot of people don't report hate crime because they think that nothing's going to happen. They'll report it to the police and then the police will say, sorry, we can't do anything about it. So there's this idea. Yeah. Well, sometimes going to a third party can help because they're people that you will trust. They're people that you will know. And they can work on your behalf. They can liaise with the police force on your behalf and help to support you through that process. But in terms of evidence... The police will always say that's a very black and white thing. So that they'll say, if there's evidence, we can move forward with it. If there isn't enough evidence, and sometimes it's really difficult because you don't know when you're going to be a victim of a hate crime. If somebody randomly says something to you in the street uh, about who you are, how are you supposed to evidence that? And it's something I always talk about in our presentations. We don't want to live in a world where we're all walking around with a camera attached to us, waiting to capture somebody being horrible to us. No. That would just be a horrible way to live. And it's, well, it's no way to live. 
But at the same time, we, we do know, and the police certainly make us very aware, that without any kind of audio or visual evidence of these crimes being committed, it is very difficult to get any kind of criminal prosecution. So in terms of what one of the things we do is, is help victims to gather that evidence. Um, it's easier to do if they're in an ongoing situation. So for example, if you become aware that you are a victim of mate crime, that might be something that you can ultimately gather some evidence for because you would be able to perhaps use your mobile phone to switch an audio recorder on just to kind of capture somebody's conversation. Um, for example, if, if people are pressuring you to um, spend money on them or, or give you some money that you don't really want to do, if you capture that on an audio recording, that's very good evidence that you are indeed a victim of a mate crime and a mate crime as we know is a hate crime so that's something that the police would take very seriously but yes. i think it's also important to say luke that even if there's no evidence and it's a one-off incident it's really important to to report what's happened to you but that's one of the reasons why our third party reporting centers exist because they recognize that you know a lot of people a lot of communities really are not comfortable going to the police at all they don't trust them and it's something that we do want to do. We work closely with the police. Um, indeed, every Wednesday, our hate crime coordinators from West Yorkshire Police work from our offices. They were there this morning. Um, and it's a great way for me to be able to work alongside them. And we can have these conversations. And it helps us to kind of build those bridges within different communities and the police force and to rebuild that level of trust that needs to be there. It needs to be there. We need to be able to trust in our police force because they're there to help us. They're not there to, to get in our way. We've learned a lot about hate crime this mm -hmm. week and last week. Um, it doesn't sound as bad as it can be just hearing about it now. I think what's important is that we've got a message of hope. And for people to know that there is support out there for them and that people will take them seriously, they will believe them and they will listen to them. And that's half the battle. I think a lot of people really don't believe anybody's going to do that. And that's such a shame. And It is a very big shame. We've got to remain positive. That's the thing. And, and motivated to work towards eradicating hate crime. Um, it is sometimes it, you look at the figures and you just think, well, how, how do we even start to deal with this? Yes, We're just exactly. one, two, three, four people fighting what just seems like a huge fire that we'll never, ever be able to put out. But we've just got to keep chipping away and knowing that we're doing good work and it's worthwhile doing. I mean, I think what you, you mentioned, Luke, about the fact that um, is it becoming more popular nowadays? I think... Um, we're seeing perhaps in our society a time where people feel more free to say things that a long time ago or even just a few years ago people would have found that to be unacceptable it um, would have been unacceptable very yeah i mean it's quite alarming that when they the law commission just recently did uh a consultation with regard to possible changes to hate crime legislation and a number of people got in touch with them and they said that there shouldn't be any hate crime law at all and that all this extra protection that people um, within the five strands those protected characteristics basically people saying that those laws should be done away with and we shouldn't have any protection yeah and that's why we do what we do because we want to live in a world where nobody has to ever experience anything like that because we believe that everybody deserves protection 
How do we get involved? Okay, well, thank you for that question. I think it's a really important one. Um, what people need to realise that a hate crime is actually a crime against all of us. People often will, if they don't identify with being part of a particular community or a particular protected characteristic, for example, uh, they they don't share somebody else's religious belief, um, so they're not targeted for that, or they're of a different sexual orientation, so they're not targeted for that. They may not be disabled, so they're not being targeted for that. They sometimes can think that's not their problem then. And actually, it is all of our problem. And the reason why it's all of our problem is because a hate crime is designed to divide us. And as a community, don't we all just want to live together and let everybody live the best life that they can and have the same rights as everybody else and that we can all live together in harmony? That's what I would, I would like to work towards. Um, but if we allow hate crime to continue, that won't happen because hate crime will divide us it promotes that misunderstanding between different communities all the time. And it helps people to sort of just stand back and go, well, there's nothing to do with me. It's not my problem. It is your problem. It's everybody's problem. It's my problem. It's yours. It's everybody's. And the only way we can truly fight hate crime is by everybody taking a collective responsibility. So how do you get involved? Like we talked about before, being a bystander, or being an upstander. If you're being an upstander, so you see something happening, report it. You see some offensive graffiti on the, on the wall, in the street or in the park, take a picture of it, send it to your local council, ASAP, get it removed. That's doing something about it. That's getting involved. Nobody's saying get involved in a big fight that's happening. We don't want people to kind of um, put their own personal safety in jeopardy. That's not what this is about at all. But it's about being heard by be just reporting a hate crime. If, you, if you're a victim of it, by reporting, you're being an upstander. You're doing something to help fight hate crime. So the more people can do, uh, the more upstanding people can be in their attitude towards hate crime, then the more involved we can all be and the sooner we will be able to bring this to an end. Yes, and uh, I have to say, I want to live in a country where we all work and live in harmony, and I tell you this, that's something I really want to see now. It's, um, and the more we do it, the less we will hear or see of hate crime mm. or make crime. Absolutely. And I, yeah, that's a really good point. And I think COVID and lockdown brought out the best in a lot of people. Unfortunately, it brought out the worst in some people. And I think it's important to address that and, and, and recognise that people will always try and find a way to, to suit themselves or to, to benefit themselves in some situations. And so we're always fighting. We're always kind of working against that to bring people together and get people to understand the value of community. I think sometimes people don't understand the value to them. They don't see the benefits for themselves. Um, and so they'll sometimes work against it. But it's important to be able to... To recognise that. So. But what? why would it bring the worst out of people, unfortunately? What happened to bring it? Did you see any happenings of 
the worst thing. I oh, mean, oh. right at the beginning, do you remember when everybody got panicked about oh, toilet roll? Yeah. Why I mean, that's just was that it's, it's panic behind and all that way. stuff. I you think have to yeah. think about everybody silly. else, and we, you know, it was made very clear to us that there were some people that were more vulnerable than we were, and that they couldn't just run to the supermarket mm. and buy fifty-nine thousand toilet rolls. And so, what what are they going to do? So, therefore, it's all of our respon- It's our collective responsibility to be sensible and think about other people. But unfortunately, some people don't. And so you see these pictures of people with shopping trolleys full of toilet rolls, or you see people queuing for 10 hours for petrol because the newspaper said there's going to be a shortage. And so, it's a, you know, we've, if we all try and put each other before our, just ourselves and we all try and think about everybody rather than just me, it's, it's the same principle, really. Yes, it's certainly very safe. And the food of it as well at the mm, beginning. Yeah. I think that was, I thought that was just really, really silly. And the government were telling us, I think the government were right by saying, please be, and I even remember the statement, please be responsible when you shop. Don't buy more than what you, you need, need or mm-hmm. something like that. I can mm. vaguely remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just said the key word, Luke, which is responsibility and be, be responsible. And again, if you go back to hate crime and how we can all tackle that and our, our collective responsibility, we all are responsible for doing something about it, just as we were all responsible for putting or keeping some food on the shelves for those who who couldn't get out and shop as easily as, as others. But, I mean, the majority of people were against it because they, they, they recognised how selfish that kind of behaviour was, and that's what stops it. If yes, the majority of people can see that it's like a bad that. thing and so therefore will not think well of those people, that discourages those people from behaving that way. We need to get to that place with hate crime, actually. We need to get more people aware of just how bad it is and how awful the impact is. Because remember, we talked about that in the presentation, about the fact that the impact of hate crime is so much greater than regular crime. Yes. And uh, most people who are not victims of hate crime or, or they don't necessarily relate to those communities that are targeted for hate crime, they don't recognise that. And I think that would do an awful lot to help people understand. Because if the majority of people looked on hate crime as a really bad thing, that would in itself help to diminish it because of popular opinion. But because it's not on everybody's consciousness, it's not set on everybody's forefront of what they are aware of, it's a different thing. So that's, again, it's why things like this, talking to you guys today is just so important because we can help to get that message across and hopefully somebody will listen to this and maybe make them reconsider about what hate crime really means and, and the, the true impact of it and, um, and just how serious it can be. Do you have any information about hate crime in an easy read format? We have just released our hate crime strategy. This is something that we do with the council, Bradford City Council, and we do it every three years. So the last one was 2017, and our newest hate crime strategy was launched in October of 2021, and that has also just been released in easy read format, and that was done for us by Bradford Talking Media. So we do have that, and that lays out in easy read format exactly what we, as an alliance and as an organisation, want to do to try and tackle hate crime across the district so we're looking to improve the support for victims of hate crime 
We want to raise awareness, further awareness of what hate crime is among the community. And we want to empower victims to be able to come forward and realise that they don't have to go through what, what they're currently going through. It's important that they understand that they, they have a right to say, you know, I'm, I'm not okay with this. And uh, the, the more people that come forward, the better. The, you know, it's, it's easy then for, for us to go to the council, for example, and say, look, we know that the problem here is much bigger th than perhaps the, the figures say they are. So the more people that do report means that our figures would go up, which on paper might look like a bad thing, but actually, we could then go to the council, advocate for better legislation, for more funding to try and fight this and continue to fight it, because it is a bigger problem than most people are willing to admit. Where can our listeners get more information about hate crime? There are lots of different places where you can get information about hate crime. Uh, in the district, uh, any one of our 24 reporting centres will have information about what to do if you're the victim of a hate crime, uh, including yourselves here at People First Bradford and Keithley. Thank you so much for being one of our reporting centres. We always appreciate your support. Um, in Keithley itself, there's also um, the Keithley Town Hall Customer Service Centre is a reporting centre, for example, and uh, many others across the district. If you need a list of those, they're on our website, bradfordhatecrimealliance.com. There's also lots of other um, websites out there, in particular um, the Safety Net, which has a wonderful uh, resource for um, targeted towards uh, people with disabilities who might be particularly vulnerable to suffering from hate crime. And they've got a lot of resources and easy read um, materials uh, to help people better understand the risks and how to hopefully become aware of what might be happening to them and, and to look out for those warning signs to help better protect them in the future. Many thanks to Fraser Armandroyd for talking to us today. It's been my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. We'll put links to everything that is mentioned in the social media pages that we've got. Hope you join the show. Don't forget, like and share. Bye.